Welcome to Faith Fondue, a podcast featuring author and speaker Haley D. Maria and teacher and blogger Ann Strickers. Faith Fondue will feature a melting pot of topics ignited by a flame, our faith, and guided by the Holy Spirit. It's the week of July 18th, the 16th week in ordinary time, and it seems pretty pretty ordinary around here, Anne. How are you? I'd have to agree, Haley. Happy summer, everybody. It just, it is, you know, we're in summer mode, although I'm already thinking about next week when I do return to school. So I'm going to savor every last minute of my week off, my summer break. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about the ordinariness of these days. Um, Haley went to a concert solo, looking forward to hearing about how that was, how great it was to have live music. Mm-hmm. The NBA Finals, um, a golf tournament that I was able to participate in, and just a little bit of follow-up on a takeaway that I offered last week with Father Mike Schmidt as it relates to the gospel reading. So Haley, okay, you said it's a relatively normal summer week for us. What does that mean? Yeah, it's it just seemed, you know, I met up with some friends this weekend and they asked how my week was or how and how work went and I it was pretty uneventful. It was a relatively normal week. It is hot here in Maryland this week. We got some rain last night which broke the weather a little bit, but um, you know, it's in the 90s and you know, the heat index is over 100. So it's a lot of you know, staying inside, going to the pool when you can. Um, my, you know, my, I know I've talked a bunch about my younger son, Edward, being away at camp. So it's just my husband and I and our older son, James, who are home right now. And um, James and my husband were supposed to be away this weekend. Um, they were supposed to go to the UK to watch the F1 race. Um, oh, but because Formula One? Formula One. Oh, yeah, they are oh. big Formula One fans. One of the sports wow. we haven't really talked about. Um, that maybe we should at some point. They had a, a pretty significant accident drama in the race today that they should have been at. Um, but the UK has still has pretty strict travel reg- restrictions. Um, so unless they wanted to go in quarantine for 10 days um, to attend a three-day race, um, it just it didn't work for them to go. So they were pretty disappointed um, that they couldn't be there. And I have to say that that is only matched by, I think, my disappointment that they didn't go um because let me tell you there was something um i was really looking forward to was five days in my house by myself Mm. um or maybe with the dogs um but you know everybody's of course i love my family uh you know there's nothing wrong or going on but it's been a lot of togetherness over the past yeah. year and a half i think like everyone has felt um you know my husband usually travels for work he always has in the 20 years that we've been married um you know rarely was he home an entire week he was often wow. always on the road um and you know it's just there's something to be said for not having to do anything except for what you want to do um, so yeah. I feel like I kind of got chipped out of a, of a some some time alone, yeah. and um, you know I didn't have much planned, but you know, and then all of a sudden everybody else has plans for me, and sure. um, it just reminded me that yeah, right. I didn't get that alone time. But yeah. there was, you know, I did. There was a concert last night. Um, we have um, the Anne Arundel County Fairgrounds are right across the street, probably less than a half mile. 
um, from us. And they had a live music festival yesterday that was not well advertised. Um, I didn't see it until Thursday this week, you know, two days before it happened. Um, another friend of mine didn't even see it till Saturday morning, the day it was going on. Um, but they had, you know, probably three or four cover bands just kind of playing throughout the day. They had some vendors, um, but then they had three sort of, you know, marquee headliners last night. Um, the last one that played were the Jim Blossoms um, and then Sugar Ray and Smash Mouth. So kind of our era of music. Absolutely. Meaning yeah. like when we were in college. Yes. 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 Uh-huh. Senior bar and uh, local South Bend radio station. Right. I can't remember the, all the of, letters right now. Yep. All of that. Um, so, you know, it was uh, it was an interesting um, my husband didn't want to go. I said, that's fine. I'm still going to go. Um, I ended up running into a couple people from work, which was which was kind of fun. But I would have been perfectly happy to just go sit with my lawn chair and just be outside and listen to live music again. Yeah. And this was one of their first conf- you know concerts in you know a year and a half as well. Yeah. Um, but you know it it really struck me. One, I just loved listening to it. It was nice to be outside once the rain stopped. It kind of broke the heat a little bit. Um, but I. I keep chuckling to myself because they looked so old and it, that shouldn't surprise me because of course I am much older than I was, you know, 25 years ago when we were in college, mm. um, almost 30 years ago now. And so, you know, they weren't my age at that time. They were older. So yeah. they're obviously, you know, older than I am now. And, you know, they've probably lived a pretty hard, rough life. Yeah. There was probably a I mean- lot of yeah, when your name is Gin Blossom, I mean that it doesn't doesn't that result from drinking too much gin? Something I think. there's just I think we looked it up one time. Yes, so um, implied. Yeah, but it was, but it you know it kind of it. it took me back to those years. You know, as music has a great gift of doing. Um, yeah. You know, you hear a song and it takes you to another time and place. It also made me realize, and and I had to look up the date, and it is today. You know, today we're taping on July 18th. So 30 years ago today, I attended the very first Lollapalooza concert in Arizona, in Tempe. So that, you know, is now a huge, it actually started the music festival phenomena. Um, but the very first one was held in Arizona and it was, it was kind of, um, uh, a practice run for the show that they were going to take on the road. It was Jane's addictions, you know, kind of farewell tour. I didn't really love the bands who were there. It was like nine inch nails, Susie and the Banshees, um, Jane's addiction. I could probably look up who the rest of them were. It was a Thursday afternoon. It was kind of a random yeah. thing. Nobody had really heard of musical music festivals before. It wasn't something that was done frequently, but I went Other with, than Woodstock? I well, mean. except for Woodstock, right? <laughs> Which, of course, is like the famous one. But, you know, at this point, that had been, you know, sure. several, 20, 30, 20 years since that had happened um, at that point. But anyway, I went and I went with friends because they were going and, you know, we didn't have yeah. FOMO back then, but that's what I had. So yeah. I didn't want to miss out. And I'm really glad I did. You know, it's kind of neat to say that you went to the very first one ever. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. So mm-hmm. I just, you know, this was the very first Let's Go Music Festival in Maryland. And, I, you know, who knows what it'll turn into. But 
Um, there's just something to being outside and musicians have such a passion for what they do. They just, they love it. Um, yeah, they love it yeah. and you can tell they yeah. love it. And yeah. in some ways, you know, they're, they're a team and they work together and it's not unlike sports that I know you and I love so much. And there's chemistry there, there's friendship, there's true appreciation for the craft and the skill that each of them bring um, to the performance. So, you know, it was, um, I was up pretty close to the stage. Um, you know, it wasn't, it was well attended, but um, not packed. And um, so it was kind of neat to be that close and really watch them interact, um, you know, kind of the nonverbals that they gave each other as they were performing each song. Yeah. So um, I guess that part of my week wasn't ordinary. It was a, kind of a nice way to end it. Um, and I did get that alone time for a little bit at the concert, um, which was nice, too. But it was it was uh, it was a nice summer week. Sometimes you need kind of those calm, non-eventful times. Yeah. I agree. I'm, I'm sure there's not a parent in America that can, your words do not resonate with in the sense of wanting some alone time and huh. just what that means. Um, what a gift that can be. So, um, yeah, I can imagine. But it sounds like you did were able to carve out a little window. Um, I was just honestly so struck when you were talking about the event in so it was the Formula One race in London? So it was just outside of London. It was okay. um, not even just outside, maybe like an hour and a half. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, kind of in the middle. If you if you watch it, it, it really looks like it's in the middle of kind of the okay. rolling hills of, of, yeah. of England. Um, yeah. But yeah, in the UK. Yeah. Well, the reason I mentioned it is, you know, last weekend, we were so much high profile sports between Wimbledon and then you know, um, the Euro Cup and, you know, how exciting that was to see, you know, the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge, Kate and Will, and then they brought their son. Yes. So, you know, Kate was at Wimbledon finals. They were both there at the women's finals, but then their son at the, at the, um, you know, soccer game, the football game, as they say. And um, then, you know, this week was the Open, the Open Championship. So in golf, um it really is the Open Championship. Some people describe it as the British Open, but the official name is the Open Championship. I had a nice little wager on Louis Oosthuizen. Um, he is such a great golfer and great competitor, and he was in the lead for going all three days going into today, and I was just so hopeful that I just know. I, I personally don't like it when my golfer is in the lead. I think it's hard to hold the lead. Like as, you know, as a runner, like, can you, can you maintain the lead or, you know, we were talking, we're going to talk about the Suns and the, uh, you know, uh, Bucks game, but like, just cause you have a lead doesn't mean that you hold the lead. So uh, congratulations to Colin Morikawa. He won today. Um, local, you know, California guy went to Cal Berkeley and won the PGA championship last year. So no earnings for me. Um, yeah. Congrats to those who bet on him, which is a very English thing to do. They love betting in the UK and in yes, Ireland, especially. I think it's part of it's because they don't pay taxes on their earnings. So I've, I've heard that. So my $400 that I would have won um, will have to be, you know, earned elsewhere. <laughs> but um, yeah, wow, there's a lot going on over there is kind of my point. Um yeah, so that's there, kind of exciting to hear the, about. There really is. And it was interesting. You know, my husband was really watching very carefully the travel restrictions that were in okay. place that were lifted for Wimbledon if you wanted to go watch that. And, mm -hmm. you know, kind of relaxed for the soccer tournament too. 
um, but apparently not for the Formula One race. So, but it's amazing because there were 140,000 people there. So when you watch it, um, they are packed in with no masks on. So I'm not sure why um, they weren't too keen on letting vaccinated Americans in, but they weren't. So there you go. Yeah, interesting. Um, you know, there's obviously they're showing in Milwaukee, they're showing the crowds outside and, um, it is incredible just to see so many people. And I want to talk about that in a minute, but before I forget, um, you know, this is going to be for one of our takeaways. You talked about the weather in Maryland being hot and really good podcast is New York times, the daily. I listened to, um, just a, or from earlier in the week about the extreme temperatures in the Pacific Northwest and, you know, just questions about why this is happening and how it affected, how it's affecting people and just some elderly people who um, just die in their homes because of the heat dehydration and they, you know, fall asleep or just don't, they just die. And um how sad that can be. And these cooling stations that they established in the city to get people if they don't have air conditioning. And for example, in San Francisco, I don't have air conditioning. Um, It's not a city that you typically need it. More San Franciscans are getting it all the time, but same difference in Portland or Seattle. So these cooling stations, some of the public transportation, the temperatures were so hot that the public transportation systems buckled. So it was because it was like 118, the lines like melted or didn't work. So people couldn't even get to these venues. And then, so that made, you know, again, more the vulnerable, even that much more vulnerable. And, you know, I think one of the hardest stories was of um, uh, someone who had, you know, migrated, undocumented from Mexico who paid a coyote a lot of money and needed to work. And um, people said, don't work. It's over 115 degrees. And he did work and he died in the field. And it's just like, wow, the reality of, you know, these extreme temperatures and weather conditions um, is important to know about, but also just really important to pray, um, pray for these people. And, um, you know, just, I don't even know what to say. It was just, it was hard to hear, but I'm, I think it's important to hear. So I'll, I'll link that to the show notes. Um, if people want to li- take a listen to that podcast. And for me, that's just a helpful way to remember to pray. Um, that'll be one of our takeaways. Yeah, so that's just- a great one, especially as we move through summer and the, the heat and the storms and the fires are bad. I mean, yeah. Yeah. To so the point- we have questions and concerns, right? Yeah. And, you know, small example, but I was house sitting, I'm house sitting in Menlo Park. And, um, you know, I love it because it does get me, Menlo Park is near Palo Alto and it's just better weather. And I get to water these plants. I don't have a garden. I live in a a flat, an apartment building. I still have plants, but not like this. So I get to water the plants and I swear every time I just participate in just something as simple as watering, it does cause me to reflect. And I think about the good that water does, right? And the importance of sunlight and how some plants need more sunlight than others. And just the, uh, hopefully people are picking up that I'm building an analogy, like in our lives, like what are the things that make us grow and survive and really thrive? So again, the proper amount of sunlight and, you know, water and whatnot. And I feel like total party, like foul, like unfortunately, 
Some of the plants in this house are on the drip irrigation system and other ones I water and I miss the memo. And he has this vegetable garden with some tomato plants. Haley, there's two weeks have gone by and I did not water those tomato plants because I thought it was on the drip irrigation system. So do your homework, due diligence, read the directions that somebody gives you. I say this as a teacher all the time. I did not read the directions. They were listed right there. I think I have a 50-50 shot of these tomato plants recovering, but they are tall. They have fruit on them. And yet I don't know that they're going to make it. So um, stay tuned listeners. But, you know, in the meantime, good soil, lots of water, you know, the sunlight I can't control because it's, it's been hot down there, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. But you know, even just being outside, that's, um, we may need the sun, but we also just need to be the outside. But those are, that is a great reminder that we all need to nourish ourselves that way. Um, and nourish ourselves with our spiritual stew. Um, you know, my, my spiritual stew this week is, is pretty short. Um, it comes from a gospel reading that just kind of struck me. It was interesting. Um, I think it's maybe Tuesday's gospel, but it's Matthew 12, 46 through 50. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a reading where um, someone comes and tells Jesus, he's inside, uh, that, that Jesus's mother and brothers are waiting for him and asking to speak with him. And um, Jesus, in his own way, denies them um and he questions this person and asks you know who is my mother who are my brothers and then he declares um and i quote whoever does the will of my heavenly father is my brother and sister and mother um and this just struck me because you know i have this visual of jesus inside and he's you know talking and ministering and someone comes to them and says you know, hey, your mother and your brothers are waiting to talk to you. And he's, he looks perplexed and he says, you know, who are they? Who are they? You know, these are my mother and my brothers and sisters because they're the ones who are doing the work of God. And just as a mother, um, it, gave, it made me pause. Um, it made me a little defensive of Mary because um, here is this mother who you know, and, and, you know, Catholics have such a reverence for Mary, and maybe this is why, um, you know, this mother who gave her son to the world, who gave her son to death, who gave her son, you know, to God, which is more of a leap of faith than I think most of us could have. Um, and then Jesus is like, who is that? You know, these are my mother and my brother and my sister. And, and I'm sure there's a deeper meaning to all of that. And I'm sure he was probably not being, um, you know, not excluding and denying his own mother, but maybe wrapping everyone else into the esteem that he has for his own mom. But um, it just, it was really, it was interesting to me, again, to just kind of have that reaction like, hey, now, hey, wait a second, let's not totally diss your mom. Um, you know, let's at least give her the respect. And so I think I need to chew on that and see what was he really trying to say to us? You know, what, what actually was he saying in excluding kind of giving his mom the respect, um, you know, that I think she deserves. Yeah. I mean, I, I think a couple of things in response. One, I love that you're paying attention enough to just 
have a reaction and to want to know and, you know, to raise the question, what does that mean? I think that's really important when we engage with the word is that we don't just hear it, but right. We kind of relate it to our own lives and how you would feel. And I love that you're like, I was protective of our lady in that moment, you know? Um, but one of the things I only, I haven't, you know, I've taught scripture a couple times as a class and one of the words that scripture scholars love to use and they throw it around and I find it a little bit intimidating is exegesis. So, you know, some of my colleagues, theology majors would be like this as exegetical um, essay on what, but what it is basically is exegesis is a critical explanation or interpretation of a text and in particular it applies to scripture. So in the same way that an English major would have commentary or, you know, would be or like a literature review or exactly yeah. right. Exegesis is what scripture scholars know. And I, for some reason, I've, I've read stuff about, you know, when they, when they say Jesus's brothers, because this came up with like the perpetual virginity of Mary. And so it's like, how was that established or why was that even, you know, mentioned if, if he has brothers and right. I've read it and I just, I've, I've never been like, I just haven't stored it in my brain. So Again, my whole point of saying all this is that this is a great place for exegesis, and it's why scripture really is worth studying. A Bible study course, or you know, in high school at a Catholic school or whatever religious school, you know, it does make a huge difference um, because we can read scripture as it is, and then we can also get into the symbolism, but also like the context or commentary can just make it so much more rich. And like, there's an example with turn the other cheek to read that at face value is wrong. Like it is so deep with what that means because the way that um, a master would hit like a servant and you would, if you hit them on the cheek, if you're right-handed, the blow would go to their like left cheek. And if you turn the other one, they'd have to backhand, which they weren't allowed to do. Mm. And it's like, it literally allows, a like when you know what Jesus's message was, it was basically use the, follow the rules and follow them in a way that it will not allow your oppressor to oppress you. So, you know, giving um, the cloak off your back, like you wouldn't have been able to do that. You know, nakedness was considered a sin type of thing. So if he asked you for one, you know, give him the other. It's like, it was so thoughtful, so intelligent, all these things I had no idea. Um, and it really wasn't until I started teaching scripture. I, you know, I don't, maybe I learned it in high school. Maybe I did in theology class at Notre Dame. Um, I haven't really taken scripture. I haven't done Bible study enough, but I think that would be really interesting to find out what does he mean when he says all this? Yeah. Well, you know, and it's interesting. I love what you said about, you know, you might've learned it as a student, um, I'm sure you find this to be true. I certainly did when I was teaching. I think I learned more in my four years of teaching, five years of teaching, I guess, than I did my four years as a student in high school. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. When you teach something, you really have to know it. Okay. Yeah. That's the proverb, right? To teach is to learn. And yeah. I think it's true. Um, so, you know, that relates to the takeaway from last week, which was um, pod, the Bible in a year. Mm-hmm. Father Mike Schmitz, um, I did my takeaway. I did listen to it. Um, I don't have the discipline right now to listen to it every day. Um, we'll see a couple of just observations right away. He has a great voice. 
Um, I think that's actually really important. Um, as someone reading the word, he is familiar with it and he pauses, but he has just a good resonant voice. So um, you could probably follow along with the readings, which helps me as a mm -hmm. visual learner, but also to hear it is great. And then he gives commentary or he gives an exegetical commentary <laughs> on um, the readings of the day. So um, it's about 20 minutes each day. I I give it two thumbs up. I mean, it's like we said, one of the most popular podcasts around. So, All right. Well, you were better with your takeaway than I was. I'll have to check that out. Um, I think I might have mentioned earlier, I'm a, um, an avid audiobook listener. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, mm -hmm. I do. I listen in the car. I listen when I'm folding laundry, when I'm cooking, when I'm walking. Um, so I haven't really integrated podcasts into that. And if I'm reading or listening to a really good book, then, you know, I really want to get back to it. Um, so That's awesome. I'll, yeah. So I'll have Great. to, I'll have to work, yeah. work podcasts into that. Yeah, I know. It's one more thing. Like half the time when I drive Haley, cause I'm on the road so often, I feel like I have a missed opportunity if I'm not listening to a podcast. Because well, and that's when so I listen to books. Different. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, same thing. But, you know, I'm a huge music fan as well. So I just, sometimes I just want to listen to music. But then I feel guilty because I'm like, I already know this song. I mean, I really know this song. <laughs> when I could be learning about, like I said, I mean, I listen to the New York Times Daily on the situation in Cuba. Um, I went to Cuba um, to see Pope Benedict. Um, so I went there in, I think it was 2014, maybe even before that. Um, so, you know, again, another great takeaway, praying for the people in Cuba who are um, just, things are not good. Um, you know, really going without, um, very repressed by their government, um, want more food, want more freedoms. Um, it's very interesting. So that was a good listen. I probably listened to it twice too, because I just don't seem to retain as much when I hear it. That's interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So I, I, and I do, I much, I must be more of an audio learner than mm -hmm. yeah. a visual one. I mean, I could read an entire page of a book and yeah. have no idea what it said. Like oh, really? I could read okay. every word. And if my mind is somewhere else now, that happens to me sometimes when I'm listening to books and yeah. I'll have to hit like, you know, there's the yep. little button where you can send it back 30 yep. seconds. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. But my mind tends to wander less if I'm actually listening to it. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, for, the, you know, this week, I, I guess one of my takeaways could be, um, you know, the NBA finals will be over by the time we meet again next week. And um, it was it was interesting. I I sent you a picture, Anna, and we can post it as well. The, um, you know, the gin blossoms that I saw last night are from Arizona and the drummer for the band. Um had a is a huge Phoenix Suns fan. He had a Charles Barkley bobblehead on his drum set, which made me smile. Um, I'm a big Charles Barkley fan, and um, and then he had a, his iPad set up next to on a little table, a little stand next to his drum set, so he could watch the Suns Bucks game last night um, while he was playing. Um, so clearly, he can multitask or at least keep yeah. track of the game. I mean, that's a that's a pretty a pretty diehard fan. Yeah. Um, to, although I kept pulling my phone out and trying to, you know, I wasn't getting service on my phone, but I was trying to check the score yeah. as well. So I was very thankful when the lead singer of the Gin Blossoms let us know that he was watching the game and then told us what the score was. 
Wow. Uh, the good news at the time was the Suns were up by 16 points. The bad news, of course, for Suns fans is that they did not win. And they should have, um, at least in many Suns fans' opinion. Um, so, of course, the Suns won the first two games in the series. They lost the next three, um, you know, to win. They're going to have to win out the next two. Um, Arizona only has one championship in a major sport for a major sports team. Of course, that is the 2001 Diamondbacks, who did the same thing. Won the first two games, lost the next three, and won the final two. So maybe history will repeat itself for our Arizona professional teams. Um, I'm always hopeful till the buzzer beats, but we'll see. It's not going to be easy. Yeah, well, I think, you know, I think a lot about what it means to be a good sports fan. And when people say something like, this team should have won. But they <laughs> like did. I just did. <laughs> right. Then they didn't. Um, and I understand that. I definitely understand that. They're, like, I played in a golf tournament on Friday, Saturday, and we lost today. And we, we lost to a better team. I mean, we did. We, we should have lost, and we did. Um, it was still fun. We still got out there. Uh, apparently we made them nervous on a couple of holes and it was match play. So that that's fun. But, um, yeah, enjoy, enjoy those games. Um, and I'll post just a quote, um, from the head coach, Monty Williams, um, as related to kind of just faith and, um, a little bit about his life story, but, um, just as someone who really, um, looked to the Bible for the power of healing, and um, so I'll post about his faith and his prayer because, I mean, informally, I've already mentioned just some places in the world that are really hurting. So I think we can always pray for healing for Absolutely. people, whether it's physical, mental, spiritual. Um, also, shout out like um, Matthew Kelly has a new book out. It's called Life is Messy. And he made the claim like one of the greatest. I don't know the word he used it was like people have unrecognized spiritual needs and we, it's just really a deficiency. Like we, we need to kind of own and, and talk about the fact that every human being has spiritual needs and to not act like we have them is a, it creates like a void and, um, you know, a lot of problems. So it's kind of an interesting, um, reflection, but I'm enjoying his book again. It's called life is messy. It just came out. And it is messy, but um, he's he's working through the mess. So, yeah, and I'll have to send. I'll we'll have to post. There's Monty Williams, the coach of the Suns, is just um, a a great, clearly a great coach. But I think he's a great coach because he's a great human being, and I think he's a great human being because of his faith that I think has really guided him through some you know some tough challenges in his life. Um, but he had a great quote after the game four loss. Um, you know, he just he told his team, "Everything you want is on the other side of hard." Um, yep. And I I love that because that's yep. that's true in in so many different areas of our lives, right? Yep. Nothing's easy. Um, I know. And if you want it, you got to work for it, and you got to make it happen sometimes. And yeah. um, you know, everything you want isn't just going to come towards you. It's it's on the other side of hard, and hard's yeah. how you get there. And yeah. and he knows that as Such well as message. anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. So it thank really you for sharing is. that. Of course. Yeah. Well, prayers. I'm kind of pulling for the the buck. Sorry. No, but, you. Uh, do, there's no yeah, need yeah, to apologize. Yeah. I, you know. I get it. I get the. I mean, I, you know, that's. 
pretty cool to grow up in a city that I hadn't realized like Phoenix is growing so incredibly fast. Like I had no idea. Is it the fifth or sixth largest city in the United States so now? Do last you know? I heard was the fifth. Now I don't okay. know if that's changed, yeah. but yes. A friend told me that and I, because I was like, wow. Yeah. And that is remarkable. So you said they have one sports that it's a matter of time. I mean, with those numbers and support and interest, I would imagine. But now let me, I'm going to correct myself and apologize for the mistake. The Phoenix Mercury have won three championships. Hey, there we go. Okay. So thank you. Yes. They have. For our listeners, that's a WNBA team is the Phoenix Mercury. Yes. Because now there's all these hockey teams that have crazy names too. So well, that is won. true. But the um, the Coyotes. Temperature rising. How appropriate. I, I know. Yeah. They're all they're all related. So yeah. we will we will just hope for good games, good sportsmanship, no injuries, blah, blah, blah. But I will still be rooting for the Suns. And you can root for the Bucks. <laughs> and we will discuss it next week. You got it. Very good. All right. Have a great weekend. You too, Haley. Thanks.